Well, this morning, the message that I have, we're going to go through a couple of different perspectives, if you will. I like to listen to podcasts and, and keep building myself up, and I've alluded to that a couple of times before. And this week, I was listening to a podcast that Andrew told me about of the church where he's at, and he's helping them out, the, the house, Fort Worth. And, and he said, Dad, the, the Father's Day message was really good. You should go and listen to it. So I went and was listening to it. And, and sometimes I hear a message and it just like really lights me on fire. And it's like, man, I've got to like re-preach that the best I can, you know. And I'm taking copious notes and, you know, making the points and doing all the stuff and, and you know, just making it my own out of that. But on this one, I was listening to it, and it was a really good message, and, and I'm kind of preaching out of the same text, but God took me in a completely different way, and, and I had to keep pausing it because I was getting excited, and it was completely different than what Pastor Micah was talking about, but I was getting so excited about everything that, that God was showing with me and sharing with me. And that, and, and, and I want to talk about one of the the stories in the Bible of a storm. And, and if you've been around church any length of time, you've you've probably heard about this one. That they're they're with Jesus, and Jesus is like really really tired from ministering all day long, and you know just giving everything he had to people. And so they jump in the boat, and he goes, "We're going to go over to the other side." And while we're taking the journey across the lake. I'm going to take a nap. So Jesus goes up, and he just goes fast asleep. And, and I don't know about you, but sometimes I'm really tired, and I'll lay down, and I'll go right to sleep, and, you know, the house, the roof could go off, and I am still going to just sleep through the whole thing. And that's kind of what's going on with Jesus. And, and just remember the, that all the disciples were fishermen. That means they grew up on the water. So, you know, the, the waves that are big and the lurching back and forth, that's not any big deal for them. They're used to that. That's, that's not any challenge at all. That's not scary. Now, now me, on the other hand, that, that, if it wiggles just a little bit, I'm like, whoa, get me on the ground, you know. It, it's, but they're, they're not that way. They, they grew up on this. But this storm came up, and it was so huge. It was so gigantic that all of these fishermen thought they were going to die. And they thought, this is the end of the road. This is this crazy thing. And, and they went and shook Jesus, if you remember the story, and says, don't you care that we're going to die? And, and it's kind of funny because, I mean, if you really thought rationally, but you can't think rationally when you're in the middle of a storm. But if you thought rationally, you have the Son of God on that boat with you. Do you really think that boat is going down? And I heard someone talking this week about flying. He said, when you're flying in an airplane, and, and you know, he's flown a, quite a bit, he says, you, you know, you could see the people who haven't flown before. It's their first time flying. Because when the turbulence happens just a little bit, their eyes get this big, and they're calling on God, and they're like talking to the person next to them, going, if I die, do you know Jesus, and we are going to go to heaven today? And they're just really getting into it. He goes, you see the other people like me that travel all the time, you're just kind of smiling at them, it's like the planes don't go down. It's extremely rare that turbulence causes a plane to crash. But yet, when you're in it, it feels like it's going to crash. That emotion of it all going on, it seems really real, and you, you just kind of can really get all disturbed by it. And that's what was going on with the disciples. They're sitting there disturbed by this whole situation. When I was traveling for Christ for the Nations, we took a boat from Seattle, Washington up to Alaska. It was a big ferry boat, and it was like six stories tall, and it had three stories that was all these um, different... It was a storage area for cars. It was a parking lot, essentially. 
a parking garage on, you know, on the water. And I counted it. They put 18, 18 wheelers nose to, uh, you know, the back, you know, all the way. And they just put, I mean, there's a guy out there like, keep going, keep going, keep going, keep going. And, you know, brought it right up there. And, and then you go up on top. This thing was gigantic. We stand on the deck and we look down to the water and it's at least 50 feet down there. It's like five stories down that you can see the water. And this one point we hit open water and it's the ocean. And that water was coming up over the bow of that boat. And that thing was going to the side like this and like that. And some of the people in our group, they loved it. They were running up and down the halls and it would throw them to one side or the other. Me, I went and crawled into my cabin underneath the, the the bed and pulled the covers over my head and prayed in tongues the whole time like I'm just God you will help me just live through this thing and, and here they find Jesus they're like Jesus we're gonna die and he goes wakes up kind of can't you see him just like rubbing his eyes a little bit like really peace be still like can I now go back to sleep so this happened in Mark chapter 4, if you want to go back and read that, it's in chapter, uh, verse 35 through 41. And, and so this happened, and then they go on and they're doing some more ministry. And, then, and they come upon this place that Jesus is just pouring out wisdom, and he's teaching people. And it says there's 5,000 men that were there. And then that didn't even count all the women. So you can do some sanctified reasoning. You know, most time there's a man, there's his wife, you know, so probably 5,000 women and their kids. It didn't count their kids. So there's somewhere between 12 and 18,000 people there. And, and they're just going and they're just, Jesus is going and is like, wait, man, we've been here a long time. We're hungry. And the disciples are like, we don't have anything to feed them. Jesus, you need to stop and send them into town to go to Chick-fil-A. And he's like, no, 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 no. He says, what do we have here? And they're like, we just got one Happy Meal. What in the world are we going to do with that? that was, he goes, okay, well, come on. Okay. Gather around, guys. We're going to pray over this. He prays over it. And he goes, now, go pass this out to everybody. He's like, it's one Happy Meal. Now, how is this going to work? And, and you may know the story, but it, it continued and fed everybody every single person and then they had all these 12 baskets left over that God just went way over the top with with what was there and that's what just has happened also a great story in Mark chapter 6 verse 44 it says a total of 5,000 men and their families were fed from those loaves now I love how the Bible throws people under the bus I love how God doesn't hide the dirty laundry because if I was writing about my life in the Bible, I'd be like, okay, there's some curtains over here. We're going to keep clothes. There's nothing to see over here. I would do all this stuff, but he lays it bare so we can see because we all have weaknesses. He reveals their weaknesses and he reveals how he moves through their weaknesses. So in verse 45... Immediately after, they just fed the 5,000 men and their families. Immediately after this, Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and head across the lake while he sent the people home. And after telling everybody goodbye, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. And there's just so many little things. I just, I just love how we get a, a, 
a snapshot of Jesus. That he told the disciples, man, you guys have been working hard. Go ahead, get in the boat. I'll finish this all up. Y'all get going. I'm going to stay back here. And he stayed there telling everybody goodbye. Can't you see him? Just stand there like, hey, I love you. Man, it's great to see you. Hey, yeah, go. Yeah, I'm so glad that, that God had touched you in this way. And I'm glad I was here for you. I mean, and if you've been in any church at all, you've seen all the people that stay out in the foyer or in the back of the sanctuary just talking, 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 talking until you just got to like flicker the light switch a lot and say, hey, we want to go home. No, that's Jesus. He's the one. He's the last one out. And it's funny as our anniversary is coming up and at our actual wedding, 25 years ago, Lenore and I set everything up. We got it all done. And then after we got married, we drove out the front where they threw all the stuff at us. We drove up there, made a big loop, came back, took our clothes off, and we changed into work clothes. And we put the whole church back together. We were the last people to leave the church at our wedding. But anyway, that's, here's Jesus. He's there. And he's the last one to leave. Then he went up into the hills by himself to pray. See, Jesus had this huge emphasis in his life of prayer. Late that night, verse 47, the disciples were in the boat in the middle of the lake, and Jesus was alone on the land. Remember, he's up in the hills. Verse 48, and he saw, Jesus saw, they were in serious trouble, rowing hard and struggling against the wind and the waves. So here, two chapters before, they're in this huge storm that they think they're going to die. And Jesus is like, hey, if you have faith, just speak to the storm. And you think they'd learn from that. You think that I would learn from all the things that God has done in my life. And I wouldn't be struggling with the storms and the waves. But I don't. And they didn't. So here they are. They're out there struggling. And it's like, man, this is tough. And this isn't just a real, a regular storm. It says, they were in serious trouble. And the wind and the waves. And about three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came walking towards them. I love that Jesus is awake at three o'clock in the morning because that's when I'm out working and and I'm awake. And I love that Jesus is awake at three o'clock in the morning. And, And he came walking on the water and he intended to go on past them. And it just kind of made me think, how many times did Jesus do supernatural things of walking on the water? Maybe he's soaring across the sky, I don't know, that no one ever saw, so it never got written down. Because he intended on walking right past them. He's there out there rowing, and he's just watching them. He's keeping an intent eye on them, see what's going on. He sees that they're in trouble. But he planned on just walking on His intention was to walk on by them. Verse 49, but when they saw him walking on the water, they cried out in terror, thinking he was a ghost. Now, can you imagine being out there on the water, and all of a sudden, you see somebody, and it's really tough out there, and you see some dude just like walking on the water, and you're like, blah, you know, but here they are, they're out there freaking out. But aren't these the disciples of Jesus, the ones that are closest to the Son of God, that, you know, they should be more spiritual than that? No, there's no ghosts. But isn't that just like us today? That some things will happen, it's like, I don't have an answer for that, so it's got to be a ghost. It's got to be, we jump to these crazy conclusions. Verse 50, they were all terrified when they saw him. But Jesus spoke to them at once and said, don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. Verse 51. Then he climbed into the boat, and the wind stopped. And they were totally amazed. 
For they still didn't understand the significance for the miracle of the loaves. So what had just happened, they still couldn't comprehend. They didn't get the whole thing of it. And their hearts were too hard to take it in. Literally, when you dig down deep into the, the original language that was written into, it says that they couldn't put it all together in understanding and that their hearts were hardened like a petrified wood or a rock. It's callous. Wait a minute. The guys that are hanging out with Jesus all the time, 24-7, they're seeing all these crazy things happen, all these wonderful miracles. Their hearts are still hardened? Wow. There's hope for me. There's hope for you. Another version of this, because the four Gospels, you know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they're all the, the guys telling different versions of it and their perspective of it. And if you've ever played that game where, you know, you tell somebody a secret, it goes around the circle, and by the time it comes back, it has nothing to do with nothing. Well, this is kind of, they're all, they're not changing the story, but as they're telling all their perspective, we see different things. And, and Matthew puts something in there that Mark left out for whatever reason. And so all the previous stuff was there, but picking up in verse 27 of Matthew 14, Jesus is now at the same place. He's walking there scared, thinking he's a ghost. He spoke to them at once and said, don't be afraid. Take courage. I am here. But now I want to pause right here. And, and I highlighted take courage because I want us to look at that. And we're going to get in this in just a minute. But take courage. Jesus is like, you know, there's things that you have to reach out and take hold of. Sometimes when those waves and those, those storms, winds are blowing against us, we, we, it seems like everything's out of control. You've got to take hold of something and take courage. But then he says, I am here. And the, and the colloquialism of, of that time and the way this is all written, the way it's all phrased out there, is the same word on I am. When Moses was in the Old Testament in the wilderness with the burning bush and he turned to God and said, I'll go, but who am I supposed to say sent me? And God replied, I am. Tell them, I am. And in those two so simple words, one letter, two letters, Three letters tops, you got the whole thing of the entire world because he always was. He was, wasn't created. He will forever be. He's the same yesterday. Today. I am, and Jesus is saying, I am this, the Godhead of who he is. I am here. I am with you in the midst of this storm. Take courage. Man, I could spend all day long on just those five words. Take courage. I am here. You got to tell you, the same thing that we have today, when we have storms that are coming up against us, we need to take courage. We have to latch onto our faith. We have to latch onto God's word. We have to latch onto what he's telling us and realize that I am, the great I am, is here with me. That gets me all excited in case you can't tell. But here's where it differs. Verse 28. Then Peter called out to him, Lord, if it's really you, and we thought Thomas was the only one doubting. Lord, if it's really you, 
Tell me to come to you walking on the water. Verse 29, Jesus said, yes, come. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water towards Jesus. But when he saw those strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sing. Now, I don't know about you. I've heard this story more times than I can count. And somehow, in the imagery of my mind, I see Jesus walking on the water. It's this perfectly still lake. It's like glass. The water's all just perfectly level and everything. And Jesus is just walking out there. You can see where his foot is hitting, but it's not sinking. It's going on. But we see that the storm was so bad that Jesus says, man, they're in serious trouble. And they're rowing really, really hard. And that's what Jesus is walking in. Now, some of that stuff, now you've seen big waves. You've seen some of the shows, Deadliest Catch and some of those others. I mean, you see the ships going, just like that, that, that trip that I was on, that the water's going over the top of this thing. It's like, oh, it's crazy. Well, that's what's going on. And we don't know how big those swells were, but they could have been bigger than the man's high. That Jesus, you know, the waves could have been going over Jesus' head. And it, he's walking on that see he's not moved by all the stuff that's going on around him that is so easy for us to get our our minds like oh my gosh but peter says all right jesus if that's you send me out there he gets out there on the water with jesus but it's not this perfectly still thing and that same water that jesus is just cooking right along there with it is now lapping up against peter and the strong wind that's there And he was petrified. He was terrified. And he began to sink. Can I tell you, sometimes we step out and obey God. And we say, God, is this where you want me to go? We get out there. And sometimes there's some strong waves. Sometimes there's some huge winds that are blowing against us. And we're right where Jesus said to come. We're right where God said to be. And yet there's still some strong waves going on. And it's easy to get terrified in that thing and go, I'm sinking. But I love this. Peter said, save me, Lord. He cried out to the only one who could help him. But can I tell you something? He's not the only one who needs saving. The other 11 in the boat are those ships going this way, back and forth. They all needed to be saved too. He's not the only one who needed saving. They all needed saving. Verse 31, immediately Jesus reached out and grabbed him. And he says, why have you so little faith? Why do you doubt me? See, Jesus is pointing back to They don't have the comprehension of who he is. They just saw the miracle of the 5,000. You've seen the miracle when he was on the ship two chapters ago. And and he he wakes up and says to the... He's like, why aren't you exercising some of what I'm trying to build up inside of you? But that's the same way for us. God's trying to build up something inside of us. And sometimes we just reach back into the terrified going, ah! He's like, why isn't this faith building inside of you? Why did you doubt me? But then we climbed back into the boat. The wind stopped. And, and it goes on to say that they all worshipped him. 
Because they saw that he was the son of God in, an, in another way. Now they've seen him when he's feeding the 5,000 go, wow, you're the son of God. They saw him raise Lazarus from the dead and other people go, wow, you're the son of God. And, then, and all these things, are, I just keep getting opened up more and more and more to go, wow, you're the son of God. But you see, Peter may be the only one who's wet in there worshiping God, but the others also needed him to save them. And they're all in this together and they all worshiped God. Our takeaways this morning. They were all with Jesus. All the disciples were with Jesus, and yet it says their hearts were still hardened by what had happened to them in life, by what they'd seen, by what they knew. And isn't that us? That so much of how our external circumstances, the way people have treated us, and this thing, and my history, and my past, and, and this is the way this happened to me, can't we all just kind of say, hey, I don't know, my heart's really softened for the things of God. They didn't even understand right after crazy miracles happening right in front of them. But is that you? Is that me? Sometimes we think that all the miracles are for somebody else. You know, yeah, God can heal that person. I'm really happy he did, but sometimes it's really hard to believe it for myself. Can it apply for you too? Can that same faith rise up inside of you to say, Jesus, I know you're not a respecter of person. And when you fed the 5,000, when you spoke to the seed to tell it to go down, and when you raised this person from the dead, when that one could see, and this person can hear, and this one, and this, and this one, if you did all that, then where I rowing? Jesus, I can put my faith out there, and I believe we can change things. Another takeaway is take courage. And I kind of already went over that one a little bit. You have to take it. You have to go and take it. It's not something that's going to drop in your lap and it's all going to work fine. The things of God are for you, but you have to take it. The Bible says that the, the woman will go and petition the, the judge over and over and over and over. And because she keeps petitioning, and finally like, okay, just to shut you up, I'm going to give you the answer. I'm going to say yes. It says, you have not because you ask not. We have to take it. In another place, in Matthew 11, it says that the kingdom of heaven suffers violence and the violent take it by force. So when these strong waves come against us, when these winds blow against us, we don't just go, oh, I got to give up because it's not working. No, that's when you take courage, you stand boldly and say, no, I know the faith of who God is inside of me. Another takeaway, Peter called out to Jesus. He said, save me. Before that, he said to Jesus, if that's you, tell me to come. And Jesus said, come. Many times we're asking God for miracles and we're asking him for something. We need the word from God. God, I need a word from you. It, oh, what should I do? Should I go to the left or should I go to the right? Should I stop? Should I go? What should I do? We need that word from God. See, Peter could have said, Jesus is out there walking on the water, so I'm just going to jump in the water and hope for the best. Jesus can do it, so can I. He asked, and Jesus answered. Perfect segue. It's 21 days of prayer coming up in just a couple of weeks. Can you purpose today to ask God for some things? Can you plan now? 
Can you start turning your frame of reference to those 21 days? And let the faith rise up inside of you of what God has done and all the different things. He's reading your Bible and hearing testimonies of what people have done. Could you purpose in your heart that in those 21 days you're going to diligently ask God and that He will answer? See, Peter cried out to God and said, If that's you, tell me to come. Are there areas in your life that you need to say, God, if this is the direction you want me to go, then tell me to go. And there's still going to be wind. There's still going to be waves. There's still going to be take courage moments. Can you plan ahead and be ready for the 21 days of prayer? Please bow your head and no one looking around. The first question in this story is, is Jesus in your boat? We see that everything was going on with great difficulty, great storms, the tempest seas. But when Jesus got in the boat, it all was straightened out. Is Jesus in your boat? Have you called out to him to save you? There's no better day than today. I say this every week, and it'll be true today as, as, as next week as it was last week. Today is the day of salvation. That's a private thing between you and God. I'm just here to help you with the words. So if that's you and you want to cry out to God to save you, you can simply say like Peter, Jesus, save me. That works. But I have some words if you want to pray this with me too. That's you this morning. Just right there where you're at. Say, Jesus, thank you for paying for my sins so I don't have to. Today is my day. I call out to you. I invite you into my life. I ask you to forgive me. I come just as I am. I surrender it all to you. And I choose to follow you. In the best way I know how, I'm going to live for you with all my heart. Today, I give you my life. Next, we see that even after following Christ, the disciples, the waves are still lapping at their feet. And the, the wind from the storms are terrifying. You may have walked with Jesus for all of your life. We're still faced with situations like Peter. We need to call out for Jesus to save Lord, help us to understand the miracles that are all around us. Lord, let those miracles that we read in the Bible, those things that we see happening to those around us, build our faith to believe that the same is possible for us. Lord, help our callous hearts to be softened. Help our understanding to be opened to walk in that newness of life. 
God, I believe for miracles. I pray for all of us to be able to believe for miracles, for us, for our families. God, I pray that we prepare for the 21 days of prayer. The Lord, we walk into this season on purpose. The Lord, we make the sacrifice. The Lord, at the very, very, very beginning of this text that we read, we saw Jesus politely say goodbye to everyone and then went up to pray. God, let us make prayer a priority. We give this all to you in Jesus' name. And we told you that your connection cards are available online. Of course, there's ones here in the seat back in front of you or in the worship guides. We're going to connect, collect all those up in just a moment. And we're going to pray over them. So if you haven't finished filling it out, you've got a couple of minutes right now. So if you take the opportunity to fill that up. I encourage you, if you haven't done so already, go to our It's on my Facebook, it's on Lenore's Facebook for our 25th wedding anniversary, renewing of our vows. It's going to be so fun. I choose you. It's going to be awesome. But go in there and let us know you're coming. So we know if we need to get some more folding chairs in here. It's going to be pretty awesome. All right, if you'll stand to your feet. And let's pray. Father God, I just thank you for all the connection cards that have come in this week, Lord, all the prayer requests that have come in, and all the services, God. And Lord, as we have that survey out, that poll asking people if we were to add another service, when would be the best time for them to come? Lord, that you will guide us and direct us in the best way to reach for your people. The Lord, that we're constantly looking for the way to reach people and not just assuming that people can do it on our timetable. God, I pray for all the prayer requests that have come in this week. Lord, I thank you for all the tithes and the offerings that have come in online and the ones that are represented in the buckets during the services. Lord, I speak a blessing over your people. Lord, I thank you for a great week. Lord, that when the wind and the waves come, we recognize and we call out to you. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.